everyone. Hello, hello. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm all right. Could be better, but you know, could be worse. Life is lifing. Mm-hmm. It goes on. Mm-hmm. Well, people, I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of You I Do, the podcast that is actually going to explain to you what wedding content creators actually do. So I saw Brisha Webb got married over the weekend and her wedding looked really, really pretty. Kelly Rowland and Essence Atkins were two of her bridesmaids. And so that made me think who, like if you could pick two celebrity bridesmaids to have been in your wedding party, who would they have been? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Question I've never even thought about. Same. However, I really feel like if I could pick two... Maybe Monica. Okay. Because that's she my girl. She hold it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She would hold things down. She'd be the voice of reason. She would keep it real with me. Mm-hmm. And then her. Because she could just sing at my mm. wedding. And my- <laughs> Not a discount. <laughs> oh, goodness. Shoot. Go ahead and sing as I walk down the aisle and then go back in the lineup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How about you? Um, Like you, I've never thought about this before. Um, Probably, even though she's younger than us, Meg the Stallion. Because I feel like she'd be a fun time. And I feel like Meg is probably like actually a really good friend. So you probably see all the like fun moments for her, but she's probably one of those girls that's like, she's actually there with you in the trenches. Like when stuff is going down, you could call her three o'clock in the morning, your car got a flat for whatever reason. And you're just out like, she going to come get you or she'll stay on the phone with you till, you know, like, I feel like she's that type of friend. And sometimes you need like that type of person in your wedding party. Um, the second person... Mm, who is somebody that I just like really enjoy? Victoria Monet. Literally, I was just about to say that. I was like, maybe it's just Victoria (laughs) Monet (laughs) because I absolutely love her. I feel like she would make the batch like, I feel like she'd have that on lock. Especially if you listen to the lyrics of her songs, you already (laughs) like know what she'd be on. But I think she would like, she'd be real good. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that that those would be my two, Meg and Vic. So y'all let us know who would your celebrity bridesmaid be and why we're curious. (laughs) That was really good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to get into a he review where we told you we're going to start reading your lovely reviews on air. And if you leave us a review and you hear your review being read out loud, please hit us up, email us or DM us and let us know. And we'll send you something to thank you for your time. So this review comes from Sock Sadie. And she said, informative, but intro segments can be shortened significantly. I'm so glad that this exists for Black Nearlyweds. I've gotten some great insights from this podcast. I would like more focus and to-the-point conversations. Often the episodes don't actually get into the content until 30 minutes in, which is less than ideal. I'd love to be able to press play and go. Thank you for that. 
because we need constructive criticism as well. And I agree. I know I can be a long-winded. Tania, not so much. It's me. It's me. I apologize. What we'll try to do is, when appropriate, shorten. But what we'll definitely do moving forward, and we'll even retroactively do it, is put the timestamps in the episode notes or show notes so you can hop to the part of the episode you're trying to get to. So, while I can't promise you we'll always be brief, I can at least try to help you out there. So I hope that helps. And if so, let us know. This week, you're getting into the second part of our content creator series where last week we talked all about the content creator in the wedding context and how it's going to impact the industry. This week, we're having a great conversation with two wedding content creators where you get to know more about what they do, why they do it, why the brides want it, and so much more. This was another midday episode. And so during the midday, y'all already know where I am. Of course, I was not on this episode. However, Ashley, once again, held it down. You all will enjoy this episode, especially if you enjoyed last week's episode. All right, so stay tuned. We have two very, very special guests with us today. Guests, would you like to introduce yourselves? Sure, I'll go first. My name is Lenise Harris. I am a an event a content creator. I specialize in bridal events, specifically weddings. Um, I've been in the bridal industry for about five years, and I'm happy to be here. Yay! Happy to have you. All right, other guests. Hi, my name is Cassandra Jala. I am a wedding photographer and wedding content creator. I have been doing this for about four years. We're in our fourth wedding season this year. And I specialize in candid and real love stories. So, yay! Super excited to have you both here, um, especially about this topic because it is such a fun topic. I think there's just so much about the content creator and where we're headed with it, but especially as a vendor. Like, I'm really excited to see this grow over time, and I'm excited that I feel like. This conversation is one of the first within like the black wedding space um, about the content creators. So I'm hoping that our conversation gives people a lot to kind of think about and leave with and, you know, even some actionable steps that they could take moving forward. Um, so for both of you, before we get into all of that, I want to get to know y'all a little bit more for our listeners to get to know y'all too. So both of you have said that y'all have been in the industry for some years now. What was it that brought you to it? Like what was the first thing or what was the reason? Um, so I had no intention of being a wedding photographer. What happened was my mom's good friend from work was getting married. She's like, Oh, I need a photographer. And she, you know how parents are. She voluntold. She's like, Oh, Chrissy will do it. She'll, she'll do it. Like, oh, <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, I've never shot a wedding before. She's like, Oh, you'll be fine. I wouldn't advise anyone else to just do this, but thankfully they were very nice. Um, they were former sweethearts who had come back together. And so that was my first wedding. And that just sparked something in my brain where I was like, this was amazing. I need to do more of this. And it's been, we've been coasting ever since. 
Oh, that was a good story. <laughs> um, so for me, rewind my very first job. Um, I was a senior in high school and I, I worked at a prom dress shop and um, I did it for prom season and it was really great. I worked with a lot of gowns and it was just so beautiful. So fast forward, probably like 10 years later, somebody suggested I work in a bridal store. And I was like, yeah, I have, you know, gown experience. Why not? And I started working there and it just really blossomed from there. Um, I've styled probably over 500 brides. Working with brides, is it is a very intricate process, but I've always loved what it takes to get there in terms of brides. <laughs> um, when they're looking for their dress, they're in a good mood. I shout out um, planners because they're not usually in a good mood around that time of planning. But when they're looking for the dress, it's really positive, beautiful experience for the most part. So I was doing that for a few years and I've always been into social media. I've always been into like content creation before it was content creation. I would make little slideshows for like my line sister anniversary. Like I would I would just do all type of things. Um, so I could kind of just piece the everything together and I was like, oh, I can make content for weddings. I know so many brides. I have so many connections. I'm, I work really well with these people. I'm great at social media. So um, it was really just a natural fit for me. That makes so much sense. I like, I don't even think I thought of it as like something people can make money off of until maybe like the fall of last year. Maybe it was the end of the summer where I was like, wait a second, hold up. <laughs> this, this is going somewhere. Um, so I'm so here for the fact that also both of y'all are black women that have identified this because look, when you look around and especially because I think this is still a very new space, like there aren't a lot of content creator vendors that have been like put out there yet. But the fact that y'all are black, you know, like whatever I could do to boost y'all, like that's what I'm gonna do. But <laughs> Um, where are both of y'all located? I'm located in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. I am located in Houston, Texas. All right. Thank you. Oh, I just love Texas. <laughs> okay. Now we are going to go into this or that. And for our listeners, y'all know this is our game that we play every single week where you choose between one option or the other and explain why. This won't be... I don't think it'll be too intense, but we're going to go in alphabetical order. So Chris, you'll go first, then Lenice, you'll answer, and then we'll start back around. So we're going to do a four rounds of this. So to start, if you had to pick which one of these, I guess, content videos would you do? Are you going to do or suggest that someone do? Freakum dress or cuff it challenge? Okay. I feel like you have to ask people <laughs> about the coordination of their party because you know, right. it can get a little tricky. So I think I'd rather play it safe with okay. freaking dress because it's not as many elements. Mm -hmm. It's, I think, easier to execute. And you, re you really can't mess it up. You, you don't have to even mouth words or anything. <laughs> as long as you look good, honey, that's all you need to do. So I'm going to go with freaking dress. Okay. <laughs> what about you? Um, I would say freaking dress too, but not for any other reason than um, the transitions. I think I like when I think about like content creation, I think freaking dress really will allow for the bride to to show like bride getting ready, 
um, to show that aspect of the content that people want to see. Like, it's very fun. It's very, it's catchy. It's relevant. And people love that song, especially if they have like the, the bread and butter dress. Like I spent this much on this dress. I've been waiting to show everybody this dress. Um, so I want to make sure I build content around that. Um, because the thing is, Cuff It, I would probably still create content based off of that, but because, and I would try to get a large group to do it, or maybe like the bridesmaids and the bride, but that those small clips can go into a bigger video for like a reel or a TikTok and something like that. So um, I agree with you on the um, coordination, but I think that's part of the fun of it. It's kind of, and I think you get a lot of like really good, like quirky footage of people having a good time. So. <laughs> But I will say freaking dress. <laughs> that was a very nice way of putting it because you said quirky and in my head I'm thinking offbeat, but because <laughs> I've seen a few of those. Uh, okay. So round two. Um, and I would agree with y'all. Um, I would also say freaking dress. Um, I love Cuff It. It's was probably my favorite song off Renaissance. The challenge is now like making me not want to hear the song as much as I used to. I'm still listening to it, but still. So round two for a bridal shower. What theme would you prefer? A 90s theme bridal shower or a Tiffany theme bridal shower? Ooh, I feel like we see Tiffany so often, mm -hmm. but it's classic and I like it. You're right. Because I, when I think 90s, I think it depends on how you lean into it. I know I'm supposed to just pick one, but I'm over here like, let me answer. That's fine. Yeah. No, like, no. Well, but maybe. <laughs> so I feel like I'm going to be boring and I'm going to say the Tiffany. I like 90s. When I think 90s themed anything, I'm thinking house party. I'm thinking turn up time. And for me, a bridal shower, you're a little bit more relaxed, probably not as active as you would be for maybe like a welcome party or like a mm -hmm. person dinner. Um, especially when you think about what the different items you could have that would probably translate better for a shower. So yeah. I'm going to go with you to say Tiffany. I'm going to be a Tiffany girl. It's okay. 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 All right, Lenise. Um, I agree completely. I think Tiffany, it's well done. So like, um, you can really, it could be your something blue. Like you don't even have to call it Tiffany thing. You can say, you can call it like the something blue bridal shower type of thing. And you can really have fun with that. And I think it's, um, it photographs well, you get a lot of beautiful content. Um, it's really engaging and it's really easy to, to execute. But I think I'm gonna go with the nineties because I just had a really good idea. <laughs> say um, the bride did like a vintage nineties wedding gown, like a short one. As, as like, the bridesmaids did like vintage, like little nineties bridesmaids dresses. And then like everybody, um, 90s formal wear type of thing. Like, so they did like the puff sleeves, the tool, the like crinoline, the bows, a little like late 80s, early 90s, but it could be really, really cool to do. Um, it could it could photograph really well and if you execute mm -hmm. it right. Because immediately I was thinking like, oh, you do like kid and play and stuff, but I, I always like to tie things back to bridal. I always try to make sure things are cohesive so I think it mm -hmm. could be done really well if a bride was like really obsessed with that type of fashion and she was able to really execute and like let people know this is exactly what I'm looking for. And you could have a lot of fun with that. And it could, it could be like the perfect amount of cheesiness, but like really well delivered on like 
platforms, like social media platforms. I see the well, vision. Right? Like already just kind of like, okay, I'm picturing like you already have a mood board. Like, okay, this is how you could take this. Like, this is how the food could be laid out. These are the names you could go off of. This is how you're, you know, telling everybody to come dress like on the invitation. Come on now. I would also go with you with the 90s one. I love the Tiffany idea. It is very classic. I've definitely attended a Tiffany's theme bridal shower before now I think about it. Um, But you could do a lot with the 90s because I was thinking like, you see, there's a Spice World poster behind me. Like, so you could even like go that lane of like kind of fun, not childish, but like a grown child. Yeah, exactly. I remember the Spice Girls, the Spice Girls from growing up, and I'm like, you know what? I could be ginger. <laughs> Let's do it. Right? <laughs> like you just have everybody. Like people could show up in different as different characters from the '90s, or just '90s themed attire. Whatever is taking you back, like whether it's early '90s, late '90s, and I mean a lot of our clothes are really inspired by it right now. So it wouldn't even be like that hard of a reach. Everything right now is very much in that era. Everyone's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I want different. I'm like, this is not different. This is my childhood. Please (laughs) stop saying that. It's just not a throwback. Right. (laughs) My culture is not, (laughs) my culture is not your costume. Stop it. All those Julia Robert wedding movies in the 90s. Mm. Fun. Like right away, well, you don't want to say right away, Brad, but like just the kind of that concept, like conceptualizing like that look, I could be really fun. Mm-hmm. You could do so much with it. You really can. Okay. Okay. So round three. Would you prefer to get the parents involved in a video for like one of the, say a reel created or a TikTok created for the wedding day? Or would you prefer to get the pastor or the officiant involved? Ooh. ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know what? These pastors, I want to fool you. They turn up a little bit. Okay. They'd be on TikTok. But I feel like I would want to do the parents. I feel like that'd be more sentimental uh, to the couple. Mm-hmm. I also think you cross more, you cross different barriers, and like your parents are not have a TikTok, but like they might share it for their other friends to see, and then you could cause that trend to happen with other couples for their parents at their wedding. Because normally, if you think about the different TikToks and reels and things we see. Mm-hmm. parents are like mildly involved or it's kind of like oh you know first look with the parent and not so much them being an active participant in the creation like a funny reel especially mm-hmm. the ones who are like who do you think will be the drunkest of the night right um, <laughs> so i think i think the parents because you could you have the option to make it either really fun or still keep it sentimental and then inspire that um for other couples and their friends probably would like seeing them on that too you know they talk about the kids and their apps they might enjoy it <laughs> that's true um so i think i'm gonna be difficult and say both um well so it really does depend on the type of bride and that's why it's so important to like really kind of dis- like discovery calls and getting to know the brides because if it's a bride who like the officiant like the pastor that grew up like that was the pastor of her childhood church like maybe utilizing them to like say 
like a prayer for them and like put it over really nice soft music and really like, and it's like really meaningful and the bride would really appreciate that. Or like you mentioned, Chris, um, <clears throat> getting the parents involved, like doing a reel, like, like doing a dance and stuff like that. That could be really um, fun and again, quirky. <laughs> and, or they could leave a really sweet message. I don't know, it, you could do a lot of different things. Immediately what I thought was like, um, like if one of the parents um, is deceased, maybe getting footage from that, like, and you know, just finding ways to like, I always try to make sure the bride, she's almost surprised by the content developed from the experience. Like she feels really good about it. And she's like, I had no clue that it was gonna be like this. Um, and because it's delivered so quickly that just the immediacy of it, it really is like shocking because you just had this wonderful night. And then next thing you know, like all this content and it's so beautiful. So it really just just depends on what they want and how um just the type of person they are that's a really good idea can you like the sentimental like pulling in the video of someone that passed away like that made me think of something kind of completely irrelevant but it kind of makes sense so go with me a little bit all right so those that know know that i love football like Sunday, like you follow me on Twitter, so you see the tweets. <laughs> like, I love football, um, professional football. I don't really care about college football. But saying all that to say, every year they have a, like, they'll have a Hall of Fame and they'll announce, like, who is a member of the Hall of Fame. Um, or they'll announce, like, the finalists earlier and then they'll announce, like, the semifinalists, which is probably, like, the top 10. And then I think they boil it down to like five people and they announce them like the week of the Super Bowl. And so there's this one guy that had been nominated like, let's say six years because you have to be five years removed or like had retired within five years before you can become nominated. Um, and because of like the team he played for and didn't win a Super Bowl or anything like that, but he was just really good in the space he was in. It took six times for him to get in. Well, in that process, his dad died. And so when he finally made it in, I think his father had died like within that last year. So when he finally got in, his wife like, you know, sat him down and, you know, like there's the videos of everyone like, congratulating him because I knew it was going to come. And the last video was his dad congratulating him because she was like, I knew at some point, right? Like I knew at some point you were going to get in and it might happen like after. And so he's just like, I'm just bawling my eyes out because it's like, that's the, like literally the last person he would have imagined was in this video of all these people that like folks he's played with high school, college, you know, like just people he's known throughout his life that are like celebrating him. And it's like the one person I wish was here. So that's what that reminded me of. Like, especially if it's something that's like, I would have never even thought about that, like pulling in that piece. <sighs> just that's super sentimental. I think especially right? how weddings are for a lot of us can be like family reunions <laughs> and mm -hmm. you bring so many people together and it may be the last time you're in the room with all of them um right. so being able to get that kind of footage and then you have that to look back on it can be very moving and like can be super super important to a couple so that they are happy that they had someone there to get that whereas 
Otherwise, they may have never had that kind of content. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%. Okay, final question. Would you, like, if you had to pick, are you pro wedding hashtag or are you anti wedding hashtag? (laughs) I am pro wedding hashtag because I am the generation where I think it kind of started. People were doing hashtags when they were... So I graduated college in like 2014. So that's really when I kind of saw that being a thing, people having the wedding hashtag, because it was a way to see your friends' pictures from the weddings, for the couple to see it afterward, because mm-hmm. everyone wasn't sending you photos to your phone. It was a good way to keep track of it online. Right. Um, I know some people will think they're like cheesy or corny. I'm kind of like, listen, you young ones getting married. Some of us are ready to have our time. Let them have it. Let them have the hashtag, okay? <laughs> and I still, I still think they're fun, especially if you have a creative one. Now, I can only see two, so many, like, journey to whatever, okay? Like, again, no shade to anyone who, if that was your hashtag, honey, we'd love that for you. I'm just <laughs> saying, personally, make it as creative as you can without, of course, doing too much because you want people to still use it. Right. Especially if you have like a last name that's common, you probably have to do a little bit more work than someone who may have a more not uncommon last name. But I feel mm-hmm. like you can have fun with that, especially if you want to do like wedding merch for yourself, like just little mm-hmm. small detail things that you are going to care about. It's okay if, if people are like, this is lame or outdated or whatever. I'm like, it's not their way. <laughs> right. So if you want to do that, Get you a cute one. Mm-hmm. Let the internet help you because these Facebook groups will help you make your hashtag. And you right. have to put on what you want. I agree so much. Like, and you don't have to use your last name. Like, mm-hmm. you really don't have to use the last name. You can use the first name. Y'all can make a pun about like. Like, I love yours because how many people do their last name is coffee? Exactly. Um, so yours, I was like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this like this works because most people that's not it's again you see the journey to this or mm-hmm. it's a party of two or like um forever whatever i'm like okay mm-hmm. meet the meet the whoever so i'm like all right mm-hmm. if you like johnson or Thomas, thank you it's about um, twenty thousand pictures yeah, in meet the johnson <laughs> i remember for my best friend we were we did every iteration we could on instagram at the time <laughs> to make sure Nobody else had hers. And I don't think we found any, um, maybe one. Mm-hmm. And so that was special to us, special to her at the time, because right. she wanted that and she wanted it to be special. She wanted it to be unique to where, like, okay, cool, no one else is going to have this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, you get married, do the fun things you can't do any other time. It's fun. That's it. I agree. I agree. All right, Lenise. I completely agree. I am pro wedding hashtag. Um, I actually, um, it's, what a service that I provide. I honestly, my entire life, people always ask me about that kind of stuff. And like in high school and college, I just knew I was going to be in the advertising because like I ideate really well. I like, I love puns. I love coming up with catchy phrases. Um, so I think the wedding hashtag really is indicative of the type of couple. So uh, some of them I've come up with, I had some friends, they were doing their last name. His last name was Brown. And that is the one that's always done. Meet the Browns or become Browns mm-hmm. or, you know, and it's, it, it is the, the initial purpose for hashtag was to gather all the pictures in one set spot um, on Instagram. And then it kind of traveled over to Facebook a little bit. But it's you want to be able to have these pictures in one sitting. 
And, but this particular couple, the Browns, very fun. They love to party, they love to drink. So I was like, we're on Brown tonight. And that was their hashtag. And like, um, it's indicative of who they are. It's catchy. I love fun. that. It's cute. And like you were saying, like you can have merch, like it doesn't necessarily, the hashtag thing isn't as prevalent as it was around 2014, 2015, when hashtags really blew up, when it was really important to like have the hashtag, you have to have it. Um, I used to always ask my brides, I would be putting them into a dress, getting them all situated. I'm like, do you have a hashtag? And she's like, no, I've been looking for one. Help. I got that so many times. One of them was, I think, Rose and like rose to the occasion or like um hmm. i came up with a bunch i used to write them down i used and i would give them my card to say oh come back and see us and i would write their hashtag on the card and stuff my favorite 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 hashtag and i did not even come up with this my friends came up to me and they were asking me like we need it we need one we need one the wife's name was pool and the groom's name was alan and i was thinking like alan times day and they're like no and then, like I came up with like a bunch of, I was trying to come up with some stuff. And I think at the wedding, somebody, I don't know who it was, but they were like, so the, their name, his name is Justin and her name is Nikwa. Justin the Nik of time. Ooh. Me, I was like, I'm putting on everything, but you can do so much merch with it. You can like follow the backdrops. People are, people are loving doing the like really tall, like picture backdrops and stuff. Um, all of that kind of marketing material. Um, you can put it on that and it doesn't necessarily have to have a hashtag on it, but it really does kind of set the scene for like, this is a very specific event to us. Um, and I think if you kind of specialize it in that way and give it a name, you know, it, it, there's a, it's a level of kind of exclusivity, but like in a, in a really good way, like this is fun. And like, I'm at this particular event, like I'm at, you know, I'm not just at the, you know, the Brown wedding I'm at, cause we're on Brown tonight. Like, and it, it and it. Mm -hmm. really should be indicative of who the couple is and what they, you know, like to do. I agree. Ah, oh, I love those. I love like wedding hashtags where it's like, you could tell they put some thought into this, but you also get their personality out of it. Like I remember when we were trying to come up with ours, everything we kept coming up with just didn't like feel like that was for us. Like, so many people just assume because last name's coffee, oh, you're going to go with a coffee pun. And it's like, we both don't actually drink coffee. So <laughs> this wouldn't even make sense for us because that's not even like really us. But we both love heist movies. So set it cough was just like, that's just perfect because he's an Ocean's Eleven guy. I am a set it off girl. Like literally there's a set it off poster behind me. Like I love, like we both love heist like movies and just even kind of like the, the feeling that could bring of like, this is something that shouldn't happen, but it's going to happen. And it's going, you know, like, so, and then especially with COVID being thrown in the mix and that just, it made it even more kind of like worth it in the end. But yeah, I just absolutely love the wedding hashtag. I know, I feel like people aren't prioritizing it as much, but black people still are like by large, you, like you mentioned, Chris, like you go in these wedding groups, my last name's this, my last name's that help. <laughs> like you're going to see at least three of those posts, like almost daily. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And it's like, 
we're not going and who's to say people are actually going to use the hashtag right or like they're using it on facebook and y'all are all friends with each other anyway so it didn't matter because they tagged you in the photos but <laughs> whatever the case is like i, I still love a good wedding hashtag um but okay it can also be used at like the bachelorette party and the bachelor party right can, they don't have to be used just for that particular day um i have a some friends and this is they got married in 2015 mm -hmm. so it was really big then but it's called it, um the small world like that's what or the small squad mm -hmm. once they had a baby there was the small squad but initially it was mm -hmm. it's a small world or something like that and it was really like they still use it like they it's something that very like yeah. uh relevant and it you know it works because also just the people who were at the wedding, it was a very familiar wedding. It, it felt really good. Like all these people were in support of this union. So like we we're a part of the small squad too. So it was really cool. So I think they can be here for everything if you want them to be. Oh, I was going to say, basically it's your family branding. Like, you know, how people have like crests or mm -hmm. other things like markers, like they identify their family in a particular way. Cause you know, when you do like your Christmas card or whatever, you'll put, you know, the Carters or whatever your last name is. That's normally how you people will identify you as as you send out holiday things. You can find something cute and translate that over that it's like you were saying, not just for the wedding, but can be essentially overall your family brand if you want to go that far, especially if it works, especially people who like social media is their thing mm -hmm. and they have a following, even more so they need to have something like that because that resonates with people and that's how they'll remember more things about them and probably feel more inclined to keep up with what they have going on. I like, I think even to like some of our friends that especially that got married kind of in that peak hashtag time frame, like every kind of family moment moving forward, they still use that hashtag. Like I, and I'm thinking of multiple couples, like, Oh, we're, we announced we're having a baby, you know, like they throw on the hashtag and it's like, that's cute. Cause you're continuing on with that. Um, going back to what you were saying, Lenise, about the like bachelorette and whatnot, like, um, we've had somebody on the show a few times. Um, Cara Davis little, who is a planner with Wimberley and co based in DC. Um, I went to college with her and her husband and they, um, their last name, of course, is Little. So, like, their hashtag was, like, a little lit. But it was so cute because it was, like, literally, like, everybody was so hyped for this wedding. Everyone that knew that, like, even you, like, outside looking in, like, you knew they got back together. Like, they got married. You know, they're getting married. Like, all the energy around it. Like, you could feel that. Um, so, and I, I'm trying to remember, she had something kind of like a, a cute pun for her, like bachelorette that also kind of, dang it, I wish I could remember. Like it, it, it had his name in it, but it was like so cute because it all still tied into the theme and like, it just, I don't know, there was just energy. And then of course they were still using a little lit. So I think, you know, if you're really creative with it, it can go beyond the wedding day and by all means, like it's cheap. Like you don't really have to like do a lot to get a wedding hashtag. Or like, if you do like, you know, like use your services to get a wedding hashtag, like you're still in the grand scheme of like wedding branding. That's 
like on the lower end of all the things that you could be doing. And this is something that can actually have longevity. But now that we've had a very healthy conversation about wedding hashtags, and I really enjoyed that. So thank you. (laughs) We are now going to go all into the world of content creation as a service, as a vendor category, as something that we're just, we need to be more prepared for it. Like as a guest attending weddings, there may be a content creator. And even though they said it's an unplugged wedding, that does not apply to that person. (laughs) And you just got to be, you got to be okay with it. Okay. Cause there was something I already set up, put your Android away, put your iPad down. Like this is not your time. (laughs) Please put the iPads down aunties and uncles. I beg you from the bottom of my heart. Right. Like who told you to bring a surface tablet to the wedding? (laughs) Like in your house, it should not have made it to the car. You should have it to your bag or to your seat. Like, what? I, I just want to know who thought, who started it, and then why everyone else said, you know what? That is a good idea. <laughs> I, I just want to talk because I don't understand. Like, especially when they stand there and they hold it up like this <laughs> and they just all in the way. And you're like, oh, baby, how? You can't see. Like, you behind you, you are obstructing people's view. Yes. And you're never going to watch this. And you're never gonna send it to them. And exactly. You your hands are shaking. You're in the way. There's not even a good view of what we're even supposed to be looking at. Or you start having a side conversation, so the conversation's pulling in. <laughs> like there's so many things happening. Or you like you change your settings for it to be the high quality recording, and so now it's all fuzzy. And you know it's not. And you know it's not. <laughs> We can all touch and agree there, (laughs) but like both of you have worked in this space and you're actively working in this space from what you've seen so far, what are the type of brides that say, this is the, like, this is a service. This is something I want for my wedding day. From what I've seen um, from my lovely stint on wedding TikTok, it's brides who have been heavily documenting their wedding journey. Um, If you look at people like Jazz, if you look at Courtney, two different people who still have are finding value in that. Courtney already being an influencer and Jazz being a bride who just decided, I'm going to share. They're going to find value in that because they have gone with them from like their proposal all the way through the dress shopping, picking the venue, all the elements of planning the wedding. And so now we're like, okay, we want the culmination of that, which we got to see um, with Jasmine Parker, who just had her wedding. Because mm-hmm. I was excited. I I was remembering from when she first started and seeing it come right. to fruition. And so you you think about it, you're, you've gone on the journey with them. And they feel almost inclined to bring everyone along. Like, I have met all these people. I have shared so much of this process with them. It's mm-hmm. important to me that I get content to share it with my audience and those who've been able to leverage their TikTok following to bring income for themselves and to bring collabs. Those people who are going to find it more beneficial, especially if you are investing a substantial amount of money into your wedding, mm-hmm. like you've gotten a very, you know, high quality photographer, you've gotten a great planner, you have a grand venue. You mm-hmm. want to document that in a way to show your audience, not just for your own memories, but for the memories of people who have 
taking this time to follow along and track it, everything with you. So I think you get a variety of people from the influencer to the everyday person who has blown up in showing their journey. But I think they both find value in what it means to have a wedding content creator. For sure. Um, I think it could be any type of bride. Um, and I say this because I've seen so many variations. For me, it's when it comes to bridal styling in terms of like finding the dress and the accessories, people are going to spend a, spend a pretty penny. But I can, I used to always, almost could tell, almost always could tell when a bride couldn't afford it. So I bring that up because there may be a couple who don't necessarily have the money for a really good videographer. They, you know, they want some great pictures. They're going to get the, you know, the photographer, but the videographer might be too much but they still want, you know, this wedding to be documented and fun. Um, it could be for them. For um, It could also be for couples who, if a lot of their family couldn't make it and they want to make sure they have, you know, the immediacy of the content, like they want to get it to them that night. Um, because I, I also do um, social media, like takeover. I will, you know, create like posts for them on the, the day of. So people who couldn't make it, who are toasting from afar, they have the opportunity to witness what's going on. So that's another, you know, demographic. Um, people mm -hmm. who are having more smaller weddings or smaller weddings. Um, also, like Chris was saying, it could be people who are really big into the social, like who are monetizing their social media presence. So whether that's through the entire wedding process from engagement to, you know, ceremony, or if people are just, you know, an influencer and just happen to be getting married. Um, and they want to utilize this opportunity to, you know, work with, you know, work with brands and um, post more content, post, you know, interesting and unique content that might be a little bit different from what they've been showing. And I've also I've had grooms reach out to me who um, are big on social media, who are like, I would really love to have that taken care of because um, they have a following and they want to be able to showcase that showcase their wedding and so but it, it would i would really have to like if i'm doing a social media takeover the voice of the groom um, i think it can be for everybody a lot of different people can benefit from it whether it's a smaller budget or a bigger budget because it is at it's a, it's effective storytelling and it's tailored to social media so it's you know relevant it's timely these are it's things that make things newsworthy that's what all of this is so it's a really good mm -hmm. opportunity to Tell the story of your big day, whether it's, you know, it's big to you, whether no matter how, you know, the size of your budget. So and it but it's an affordable option um, and it allows for people to really, um, you know, see the way you're celebrating. I was going to comment on the portion of my budget because I know some people have been asking RCM more like, hey, we can't afford a videographer. What about a wedding content creator? And I'm seeing where the wedding content creators are charging, you know, a substantial the same. money. So it's kind of like, you, you might as well, or you're thinking, oh, it might be cheaper, but you're thinking it's cheaper because they're using a cell phone, but it's not. Now, maybe someone who is probably just starting out, who's just now offering it, who may have just been kind of getting into it, did it for a friend or something. But from just from me looking in at the market overall, I'm like, no, the girlies are not, it's not like, it's not cheaper than a videographer. Mm -hmm. It can be, it probably is um, a more, it could be more affordable, but it's not necessarily like, oh, it's going to be substantially yeah. cheaper. It just, of course, that's going to vary based on your market and the type of video coverage you want 
all those yeah, different things. True. But I think it definitely does vary because people have asked, you know, is it a replacement? And I'm like, in no, but it is an addition. Um, it's two different things. Exactly. And I feel like you probably might bring this up, so I won't. I'm gonna slow down yeah. as well because I feel like you might add. So we'll leave it right there. I remember seeing um, one of the brides on TikTok said that they went with a content creator in lieu of a videographer um, because she was like, honestly, just the type of couple we are, we didn't really want videography services, but we did kind of want some of these moments captured because you got to think about it too. Like videography is kind of formal. Like it is a polished version of your day. It is buttoned up. Whereas content creation is very behind the scenes. It is very raw. Like you can get some editing, but it's not like we are seeing you as you were. (laughs) Like you might crop or cut before you see certain things, but like, this is really, this is, this is you, <laughs> this is your people. <laughs> like, this is your man. <laughs> I'm sick beside him. Will you? Will you? All right. 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 <laughs> if you're looking at, um, you're, you're very right in saying that mm-hmm. it is a much more polished look. And I think if you're seeing, it's seeing, I'm seeing it more trending now. People are like, I want, I want things to look real. I want things to be candid. And I know that a lot of it comes back down to style. Because if you look at the most wedding videos, and someone's going to get mad when I say this, <laughs> a lot of them do look the same. A lot of them are shot the same. A mm-hmm. lot of them do give you, here's the drone shot. And then here's the getting ready. And it's not to say it's wrong. It's just that I understand when people are like, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch this very nice put together thing ever again. I'm sure they will treasure it. But I see now where I think you mentioned it previously, people are asking to see, hey, can I get the raw footage for video? Mm-hmm. I understand that a little bit more for video than for a photo. Because video, you're probably not going to edit that. You just want to watch and see like, what was going on before they cut a lot of the things. Right. And so people are wanting things to look a little less polished. I find that in both photo and video, they want to look good. They want it to look good, but they want to, they want it to feel different. They want to feel like, oh, this is actually what it was like here and not just like the cute cut up version. I think it makes Mm -hmm. them experience it different when they go back and watch or even look in their photos when you're seeing someone like that, that real hard laugh, not your, not your soft smile, like that, aha, open mouth. Oh, right. You heard that laugh down the hall. <laughs> Same thing with the video, like catching you for real crying or, you know, just those moments that it feels more authentic, I think is probably uh, the most accurate word. I can- That's really it, I think, because even, I mean, If you just look back at even just looking at, like, say, marketing within the last decade, there was a shift maybe about five, six years ago, I think, towards brands posting and sharing more like lifestyle content, more stuff that look very natural and not so much stock photography and very canned. And I think that also kind of lends itself to we're seeing more brides, especially black brides saying, I'm not a glam bride. I don't want a glam aesthetic. And by large, a lot of the glam photographers are more of those kind of pose, non-candid photographers. Like they may capture some of those candid moments. They're not posting those on their grid, you know, but if you look at the gallery, if you go on their page, if it's open, 
you'll see, <laughs> you'll see like those candid shots of the swag surfing and the, like the good times, like during the reception or things like that. But on their grid, it's very like editorial, very kind of like high end, but so many of us are like, that's not me. Like I want it to feel authentic. And so the photography style is more of like that fly on the wall type of photographer. So then your content creator and the content that you would get would feel that way. Because like y'all were saying, a lot of these videographers are very much going off of a template. There is no room for your personality. And I think that's where content creators also thrive. We get to actually see and feel the personality of not just only the bride and the groom or, you know, the couple, we're seeing their family, we're seeing the friends, we're seeing how the guests are, you know, like we're getting all of those dynamics that are on the cutting room floor of the videographers, like highlight reel or whatever it is that they would put together. Um, so kind of going off of that, because I, I wanted to kind of take your thoughts on like, how do you think this compares to videography? But I feel like that kind of covered that, but kind of taking it a step back. So before even the wedding day comes, like, how are y'all prepping for this? Like, what type of conversations are you going into? What kind of research are you doing? And you don't have to like reveal all of your your secrets, but you know, just give us some sort of context of like, how do you, cause this isn't something you just show up and do. Like, even if you're just like, Hey, I want you to just be like a fly, like a guest and just, you know, capture, you still have to come into this situation, knowing some things and being prepared because you can't just film stuff and then just figure out how you're going to cut it. You got to have stuff in mind of like, this is kind of what I want to do. So let me make sure to capture this and other, right? It's a little bit of both for me, depending on whether or not my interaction with the couple. So normally if we've already had like the engagement session, we've talked, I already have an idea of what you're looking for. Cause I haven't had people who necessarily want, like, I want to make this particular TikTok. It's more like, I just want behind the scenes from my day. I want all the different moments to put putting all that together. However, if it's like, I want these particular TikToks, then it's like having a conversation. Let's sit down mm -hmm. and plan. Let's figure out how this is going to go into the timeline because as a mm -hmm. photographer, I understand how much that, you know, really the timeline is a suggestion uh, because the day's going to go how the day's going to go, but you want to at least have a guideline. <laughs> like, right. like, oh, the timeline, like, it's a suggestion these mm -hmm. times. Not that you disregard it, but knowing that something is going to come in and possibly throw it out of whack. There's no wedding day I've ever known that was 100% perfect. Right. So it's just being able to adapt with that, but figuring out how do we make sure that we do content creation along in in weave it into the rest of the day for me most of that you can get that done if you're doing strictly behind the scenes you're basically almost uh shadowing the videographer and photographer you're getting a different angle than them so you obviously don't want to be in their way because i know how irritating that could be someone's over your you know the auntie who's like shooting over your shoulder and you're like well now girl let me do my job, please. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know you want some stuff to send to the folks back wherever, but like, I need a second, I, like you at my elbow. So you're making sure that everyone's working together, that everyone is aware of, hey, here are the vendors we have for the day so that we know. Um, making sure you talk to the bride about what's actually feasible to do. If your timeline's really tight, we may not have time to 
do like this super intricate TikTok, but here's what we can do. But overall, you still want them to be happy. You still want them to have what they're asking for. And so you just adjust essentially most of the day is about adapting to whatever is thrown at you um, while still making sure that they get what they're asking for. So it's just being realistic and talking to them like, hey, let's settle um, a plan for these, you know, two or three right here. If mm -hmm. we have time, we can squeeze in this or that or the other. Um, but making sure, because you don't want someone to be, you know, disappointed that they didn't get the, the exact one, but that's why you try to prioritize which TikTok do you like absolutely have to have. Okay, cool. We have to make sure we do this, this, and this so that it happens because we may not get like the cuff it, but if we get your freaking dress, you care mm -hmm. more about that because you know you got to show your transformation from like, all right, you know, I'm sitting here glowy skin, then bam, honey, laid, slayed. You want people to see that. So it just boils down to the couple and what their priority is in which kind of content, whether they are very like strict on wanting particular TikToks or it's strictly please be behind the scenes, uh, flat on the wall, mm -hmm. what you can. They prefer that versus having um, super edited content. That makes sense. So I, and I, I feel like we're, we're speaking a lot about content creation as a real vendor. I've only ever seen it that way. Um, I think, I mean, it is really easy to just kind of be like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, just come and do this, you know, pay you, whatever. Um, but so I have very strategic steps. Um, so I have a package list. So package one is literally just um, like you want video like clips and pictures of behind the scenes from a guest point of view. And you'll get that within 24 hours. Um, and then the other packages, like some of them are just like the sh like three trendy reels. And that, you know, if I'm meeting, I do discovery calls. So if I'm meeting with a bride and uh, five months before her wedding, uh, we need to meet at the very latest a week before the wedding to figure out what trends are still available. Um, and or if we want to create trends, um, because I have like a wedding content playlist that like, you know, that we can we can create our own, you know, our own vibe. So I will, so I have all of this stuff, but when I do the discovery call, we're doing a content list to figure out what content you want. Like, do you want to do, cause, and then one of the, one of the packages also includes a 90 second reel of the entire experience. So you're going to get, get ready. You're going to do um, the reception. You're going to, and I will say, I don't, Unplugged weddings are usually unplugged for a reason. So I don't feel that it's necessary for a content creator to be there because don't necessarily need people not there to witness it. So I don't have to have my phone out kind of being, you know, obnoxious in that space. Um, I don't have to like get the perfect seat in order to get all of that. I think it's important for them to have that kind of privacy. But if the bride wants that, I will absolutely take care of that. But what I was saying is in the discovery call, I'm doing a content list. So if you want these three reels, like, a year from now, if somebody says, I want a covet challenge, I've been waiting to get married, and if we're doing covet, damn it, then <laughs> okay, girl, let's do it. Let's let's do it. Um, so that's something that wants to be discussed. That, that's something that we prioritize. And then um, if they say I want a 90-minute, you know, a 90-second reel, I want all of the stills, all of the clips, I'm gonna send all of that to them, you know, through a Dropbox or you know a Google Photos link, but they have access to all of that stuff immediately. And that's something that's really particular about it. But, and then we also talk about a storyboard, like, what do you want this to look like? Let's go through the process of that. Like, if you want to do some get ready TikToks, let's like, 
you want to do in your robe, you want to do your bridesmaids once everybody's has their makeup done. Because once you're doing that, you are preparing the bride to make space for you as a vendor in that in that time period. And that's really important because that's something that they're going to want. Or you were going to ask, but I think we answered it a lot. One thing we didn't touch on uh, videography versus content creator is content creation is specifically compatible for social media. You're getting this wide angle specifically. And not only that, mm-hmm. um, it's immediate and it is clean. And one thing I was going to say earlier is there's a reason why Polaroids have become so popular. There's no filter. You're getting the bare like the shot. Right. It, like this is what we look like. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but I was like, when I see a Polaroid of myself, I'm like, oh my God, I look stunning. Oh my goodness. But it really is. It's just like, I didn't have to try. Like I'm just smiling. And so like people do want that authenticity. They want that kind of real, like kind of grainy look. Um, it, it's really popular now. And um, and it's not specific to just content creation right now, but content creation does help creating this appeal. Um, but I will say that with all of that, you just really, I really try to make sure the bride knows how important this is. Because I will say at this last wedding I did two weeks ago or the weekend before, I just had my phone and you see people with their like little cameras for the videographer and then a big camera and I'm just in there. And it, but it's like, like you were saying, like a vendor, like this is, these are the vendors. So I am in there. I'm not in the way. And it's important for like, that needs to be understood. Like I am here getting all of this, like we're all getting content, mm-hmm. but for all different reasons, for all different looks. And it's, um, right. And I think once you establish those boundaries of what you do, how you do it, why is why you know why you need this space and time, I think people absolutely respect that because they know that they're like, I'm going to be the first vendor that they can check off the list, other than you know flowers and fishing. Like you know, as far as media is concerned, they're going to get their product immediately. So it really does. Um, there is immediate gratification of let's do this so we can get this. Let's discuss these songs. This is, you know, this is the song. Like the last bride I just did, the groom, um, he was so determined. He was like, upgrade you by Beyonce. I need the world to know. He upgraded <laughs> me. Like, and it's, so we made a reel with upgrade you. Like we made, it had to happen. Um, so I think it's important to have those conversations because um, it really just makes sure everyone's on the same page. Because I don't want to rush. I don't want to feel like the bride isn't getting what she needs because she's, I'm a vendor. She's paid me. She's, you know, we have, if we establish this, there should be no confusion about what's going on. Like now, that's not to say there won't be, but if mm-hmm. I can eliminate any of that kind of, you know, confusion or that um, just kind of in the way. Do we do this? Do we do that? Do we have time for this? If I can eliminate any of that beforehand, I absolutely will. I was going to also say, mm-hmm. um, in getting someone who's more, probably more laid back, I was doing content for LaJoy's wedding when her and Tico got married at the Porsche Center, which was insane. But she was really wanting the reactions of the guests after they were able to hop in the car. She Mm -hmm. wanted more behind the scenes. Like, so I was able to get content of her, like getting her hair and makeup done. I was able to get so much that, you know, Reem, and Kendall may not have been around me to see because I was with her when she's getting ready and they had not come yet. So, so much of that, of being treated like an actual vendor and to the vendors, it was a big point of contention about a year or so ago in some of the photography groups where 
someone asked, you know, have you ever had a bride or a couple ask you about doing wedding content creation? And there was so much uh, pushback mm. in the group. People were, you know, it was, it was more so mixed, but mm -hmm. there was still heavy pushback of people being like, I don't see the point. My couples don't want that, all these things. And I remember thinking like, this is gonna blow up. <laughs> like everyone's like, they're fighting this, but they don't understand that even though they may not see the value in it, it's coming. Mm -hmm. it's coming. Like, especially once we got TikTok, it was over. When Instagram started with Reels, Reels is what pushed me to do more video content and started getting more of it at the weddings, not realizing, oh, this is a wedding content creation. I'm thinking I'm just getting BTS to push myself out. Not right. knowing couples want this type of overview from someone else's perspective of their day. Mm -hmm. But the vendors having to understand that this wedding content creator is also a vendor. You do have to respect them. You do have to find a way to work with them if you're a couple, if that's what they want, because at the end of the day, we are there to serve them on one of the biggest days of their life, especially as, as it relates to them. Like this is, this is their wedding. They are holding a lot of importance in this. You have to see that it's important too. And you can't be fussy because you're like, I don't see the blah, blah. It's not about you. And I am, um, you know, I'm both the photographer and I can do, I get to do both. Right. Not be in the same way as someone who's coming, but I already know if they say, tell me, hey, I have a content creator. I'm like, bet we're going to work together. And right. I know even with the videographers, a lot of them, like um, Lenise was saying, most people are not shooting in the format for social media unless there's someone who like that's their thing. Like they push a lot of their things out like that. But, you know, normally it's not directly after the mm -hmm. wedding or you have some who are like, I'm not doing that or they're not in that mindset to even right. consider like you want to switch from shooting wide to shooting that. Like, so I, I know people are kind of apprehensive, even wondering, is it really a need? I'm like, well, if people, people are going to pay for what they want. There are right. a lot of things with weddings that you may not need to have a wedding, but, but people, if they find value in it, just like any other portion, like some people do not find any value in a videographer and they will not get one because they know they're not going to watch that video, but they may want those moments on their phone, those candid images. Um, I hate calling them candid because everyone <laughs> does candid, but you know, yeah, like they yeah. want <laughs> unedited, like I caught you in the moment. There's no, mm -hmm. I didn't crop and fix the background and do anything extra to it. They want to see not just the photos, but the video of their loved ones enjoying themselves on their day. It's okay if you don't like it, but I think if it's something you're not willing to adapt to, especially if you're in a, the kind of market to work with people who have a substantial social media following or even just the average person who wants it just because, you know, you don't, you don't want to be the the stick in the mud on wedding day getting upset it's like baby just, right. just, let's just vibe let's just have a good time we all got paid we're all here you know let's like just, let's money and be nice okay i don't do this when i was so uh the other conversation was uh with chip who's a photographer based in dc been doing this since like 2007 2008 
And that was one of the things we were talking about. Like, you just got to get over it, you know, because this isn't something that's necessarily going away. This is probably something that's just going to increase in like demand over time. And so I was like, I predict probably the back half of 23 moving into 24 is when we're going to see more black wedding vendors either adapt to this, meaning the photographers that add this to their services, like what you're doing, or the fact that, okay, I'm a photographer, I'm a videographer, and I got to realize that there may be a content creator here. And that's not infringing on my contract, because you know, there's some that are like, I'm the only one that could be capturing the day. And it's like, we're not even... We're not even doing the same thing here. Like our values and our worth aren't even the same. But I was really curious, like y'all have touched on it. How have like y'all interacted with other vendors as y'all operate in this space? Like, are y'all seeing that other vendors are just like, this is not a real thing? Or are you seeing that vendors are like, oh, okay, I completely understand what you're doing. Let me move around. And even thinking like for planners or coordinators, like, are they factoring that into their timelines of like, okay, let's make sure she has an extra 45 minutes so that we can intentionally capture this after she gets makeup done or as she's getting makeup done or right after she gets dressed? Like, what are y'all seeing in terms of the vendor, like either approach to the content creator? It hasn't been a problem. And I think also because I was originally, no one was calling me a content creator. I was, if I wasn't mm-hmm. there as a second shooter, I was there as the assistant. And part of my job as the assistant was to get content. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing. So um, Samantha Clark is actually the first person that had me do it with her. She explains to me, okay, this is what I need. Because mm-hmm. not only was that beneficial for her, she may have, I don't know, she, it's the, if the planner asked for it, she could probably pass it on to the planner. Because I'm not just getting the couple, I'm getting everything. Everything you spent money on, I'm getting a video of it. So those elaborate mm-hmm. florals at your ceremony or at your reception, it's me with the camera, like getting the close-ups. It's those details on your table settings. I'm getting that, your sweetheart table. So many things it's all of it because people think it's just the pictures or the videos of people. People want the video of their stuff too. And even if they don't care about it as much, but if you are a vendor who's going to pass that on to the other vendors, they might say, oh, send me, you know, could you send me this? Because it is a big point of contention with vendors sharing photos or video with each other. Yes. You know, you have some people who are like, well, I want to charge and charge you commercially. And then you have some who are like, well, I want to foster a relationship. So I'm going to just, you know, make you a vendor gallery or I'm going to mm-hmm. get your phone number and send it to you directly because it's cross marketing. And because the Atlanta, the black wedding market, a lot of everybody knows everybody, even if they may have not worked with them, but they may have heard the name or seen your Instagram or seen something. Right. And so it's really, it's in your, to me, it's in your best interest for everyone to be professional, to be polite for us to, again, we're there to serve. And I understand in terms of like, you know, photography and writing the contract, that's my thing, but it's different if someone's like, Hey, I hired another photographer. A content creator is not the same. And if you work together, you're able to have a smooth process for the day because Again, the consecrator is probably not going to be right up on you. They're going to catch a different angle. They're going to be out of the way right? or do their best because they don't want to be in your way, but they're, they want to make sure they get what the couple has asked them to because, again, they are also a vendor. Just like the photographer and videographer, 
We have to work together. Videographers, that center aisle, that's their space. So as a photographer, you're getting right next to them. Like, all right, you can get the first kiss, you know, a little shifty, get it wide and crop it in. But video, they don't, they have like one shot. They don't, they can't really uh, do that again. I can make you kiss again. <laughs> but the, you know, right. you know, it's not the same. So I think it's just a matter of working in tandem. Again, we're professionals. Let's act accordingly. Let's not try to, you know, demean or diminish what someone is doing. You don't have to see the value in what someone's asking for. You should respect it because they're paying for it. They paid you to come do your job. And as long as someone is not infringing upon you doing your work, as long as they're not getting in the way, I think you should be able to make it work. And again, using that to foster relationships with other vendors who may also would love to work with you again. And because, I mean, you don't you don't want to be blackballed out here and no one be like, oh, yeah, the girl don't work with her. She has like a bad attitude or she gets this. Mm -hmm. Like we're trying to work together. It's already not a lot of us in the market. Like, let's let's be nice to each <laughs> right. other, please. Let's all work together, friends. Right. <laughs> so in my experience, um, I haven't had any issues. Uh, but something I did notice is a lot of these people and not all of them, but a lot of a lot of the photographers and videographers, they're black men for black rides. So mm. I think when I'm in there with my phone, kind of getting these shots, I'm sure that they're probably like, what is this girl doing? Who is she? Why didn't you put your phone away? But I can't worry about that because as a black woman who is catering to a black woman, providing a service for a black woman, I know what I'm doing. I know what she wants. We've had this discussion. So mm -hmm. regardless of if they don't understand it, they don't respect it, if they think I'm in the way, that's not their business. Um, I'm The thing is, I'm not going to be in their way because I, I used to be a photographer. Um, I definitely have an eye for those things. So I, I see what they're trying to capture, but I also recognize what I'm trying to capture. And one of the really cool things about content creation is I can set the phone down. Um, I can set one phone down and have record behind the scenes and you'll see the photographers, you'll see the videographers, which really adds an element to the content. But then I could be on the other side clicking and taking pictures with another, all another phone. And so to me, that is a really cool opportunity to get different angles and different looks and hear what they're saying. So I haven't had any specific issues, but I, I, it's not something I even think about or I worry about because it's, that's not my business. Um, I'm here for a specific reason. And mm -hmm. um, also I've worked with a lot of different brides. I want y'all to understand like we're in a like six by six dressing room and she is naked with nothing but panties on and I'm putting a dress on her. Like I've seen brides in a very intimate space. So I know how to talk to them. I can, I know how to figure out what they want. Mm -hmm. um, I know how to speak a language that a lot of these other vendors don't have, a, they don't have the language for. So I got you. Let's get this content. That is important to me. I'm not worried about anybody else in this room because they're, they should be having that same mindset. That is my honest to goodness opinion. Also, one of the packages I do offer is providing content creation for vendors. So if, for the DJ, if a DJ is having a good time, how do we capture that with content? Oh, the, the wedding planner, everything ran smoothly. Everything was organized and clean and on time. And the bride, you know, left a, you know, verbal review. I provide content for vendors. So I've right. taken this space and utilized it to work in my favor. Like you were saying, Chris, I can absolutely send these things to people. That's not an issue. But even if a bride doesn't necessarily want this content, there's a space for me in a lot of different ways in the wedding industry. Like I, I have spoken with DJs and says, and not even just for weddings. And that's why I do 
bridal and events. So if a DJ is having a party and they want the content, you know, they want to be able to post about it and get people interested and see like, this is a fun party. I want to go here. The DJ is good as hell. Here's the proof. I can provide that for you. Right. Um, so because I know what I'm doing, I don't have to, it, it just comes naturally. It comes easy. So, and I think that that's a big part of it because it would be, it, it, I will say, I don't have the big fancy equipment and stuff like that, but it's also, I don't have to lug all that stuff around. I have enough storage. <laughs> I can bring a light. Like there's so many things that I can do to make this accessible, easy and convenient. And, um, so that's, that's what I prioritize. Good point. Even with uh, like the vendor services and like, for example, with the DJ, I could see how important that would be too, because with their music, they can all like, unlike other vendors, they can't post a picture. And then you say like, Oh, I understand they DJ. I know the type of music they DJ perfect, but they also can't like really post a video of them like say you know like that's not something they can just always post like because you have licensing stuff and things like that but you could put together like a reel you could put together social content for them that they could share they don't get in trouble for you know that being shared out because it's like once you get into like actual videography for this DJ to post on, say, a YouTube channel, then you got to get the clearance of using these songs or you have to put a royalty free song over it, which ruins the point. <laughs> and some of these guys don't or some of these DJs don't have like a SoundCloud link. So you don't know how their music comes together. You don't know how they spin until you're literally at their wedding. And then you could find out like, actually that was a horrible DJ and I shouldn't book them. So I'm completely here for it, but also just in general for vendors, the whole, like basically what y'all were both saying, how so many vendors struggle with getting photography or videography from the work, from the weddings they've worked because of the different like licensing and the different parameters around like what the couple paid for versus how you're going to use it and all of these different things. But it's like, if you are nice to the content creator and you're working with the content creator, the content creator may be like, Hey, I'm also sending this to you or like, Hey, there could be a working relationship where you can also get something as well. Um, I just really see, like, I think some of the vendors that are probably in the like forefront of like always seeing how like the industry is changing and paying attention to those nuances. I feel like they're the ones that are just going to like embrace this with open arms, but, um, some they're not. And I think also, it goes back to for so long, especially because if you are likely to want content creation, you might be plugged into wedding content in a different way from say your average bride, meaning you're looking at other people's videos. You're looking at other wedding, you know, videos and you're seeing how people are putting it together and maybe you're learning or maybe you're like, Oh, I want to do that. And for so long vendors, especially planners have seen themselves as I am the educator. I am the source of information. And now you're going on TikTok and finding out you can do X, Y, and Z from that person when I was supposed to be that person. So I can see that conflict. Yeah. 
but baby, you're just going to have to get over it. Um, <laughs> I feel like I don't even think that wedding TikTok replaces certain vendors or even the planner. Right. I think because it's just a different perspective because I know people are like, oh, well, this bride said, I'm like, okay, listen, this bride over here is telling you her experience from her one wedding. The vendor who's done like however many more is seeing it from like, hey, multiple right. weddings. So I think you just, you take what applies and then you can mm-hmm. leave or ask your vendor a particular question. Cause I know I was, some things I'm kind of like now, now baby, don't do this. Like when the with people with the shot list, I don't mm-hmm. like that's been a, a whole thing for me personally as a photographer. Cause I'm like, listen, I already know to get a picture of your dress and your shoes. I know TikTok told you to give me this whole thing and I actually don't need that. But what I do need is the name of your family. That's what I need that, like your family list. Or if there's something that I normally would not know, like hand me hand that over to me instead. So right. I just think it's like you pick and take or you cross-reference it. It's like you can tell your planner, someone, hey, I saw this. Could we possibly, or is that an option? I don't think it has to be like people getting upset one over the other. It's more like the brides are educating, which is why for me, I'm like, well, I'm I'm a professional. Let me come educate y'all too, because I, I really know. Like they know <laughs> and their experience matters because you may right. be having a wedding similar to them or have the same taste as them. So like this is going to apply for you. But also, like you're right, a lot of vendors, like we don't, we don't share it's more like you got to talk to us to know and if you're not our client you're not going to know because we don't normally share and maybe people feel like if they share too much then it's like it, it's taking away and i think it's just kind of like but we all doing the same thing the mm-hmm. secret sauce is you because mm-hmm. me and lenise can both be doing wedding content creation but lenise is going to do it her way in her fashion in her style like the way people like for her and for me like we're gonna have two different two different types of clients so to me, it's like right. there's enough people out here for everyone to eat. Same thing with photography. We all can't, we can't have all the weddings. There's only so many Saturdays and Fridays and Sundays and Thursdays uh, to have. So it's, right. there should not be like this uh, scarcity or lack mindset. There is more than enough for everyone to be out here to eat. We are all in different stages and ranges. So it, we shouldn't feel like we have to gatekeep like, you know, things that are pertinent that someone could easily Google a lot of right. it. Right. So it, it probably comes better coming from you professional because then people can feel like they trust you and that you know what you're saying. Because to me, I'm like, I'm going to always push myself as the expert. I'm confident in what I know, what I do. And someone else sharing the same thing doesn't ever take away from what I'm doing because they are them and I am me. That. My last little bit about that. Um, I just wish... When the photographers and videographers are sharing the final products of them, however you know long it's taken, when they do the bride, groom, dress, florals, they don't put content creator. Mm. Yeah, tagged people, baby, right. tag them. Um, tag because the thing is, if the, when the bride is really going through and putting the vendor, and they put the content creator, um, that is an opportunity to um that's that's a referral that's literally what a referral is so when the photographer has done that they usually copy that information and you know because people are asking because the beautiful videography all of those things people are going to those pages and requesting who's doing that like you know they want to know who's doing what parts and i find that they leave out the content creator because they don't they're not usually picking up on what the content creator is producing because, and that's where the lines can kind of get muddled because to me, the videographer, they're making a wedding movie. 
very clean, very sharp, very specific, not usually any words, nothing quirky again. It's just very like packaged in a pretty little, you know, present with a pretty little bow. And that's, you know, it's great. And it, it's an opportunity. It's a commercial for all of the vendors at your wedding. And the content creator is just a little bit different because while they there are some similarities, it's, you know, showcasing a lot of different things and it's not necessarily a commercial. It's a, it's a highlight reel of the the day and then evening. So it, it, it's completely different, but so I just wish on the tags on the social media tags that they wouldn't leave out the content creator. Child them and these big brands who don't want to tag the girlies, like you see something go viral and they won't even reference like those vendors because you know what? That bride wouldn't look like that if hair and makeup hadn't been there. Right. That groom wouldn't look that clean if he hadn't gotten his hair cut by this mm-hmm. barber or his suit mm-hmm. made. Like, give the girls credit. Yeah. But you know, people acting like it's free promo. But I'm gonna leave right alone because I don't want to talk to That is very true. Um <laughs> yeah, I feel a way about some of these uh, bridal pages that like to repost stuff. Okay, so let's talk about going viral. Does that matter? Is that something you take into consideration? Are you, is that the end goal? Like, because imposter syndrome is real. And I feel like the, I've seen that conversation before of like, I posted this and my video didn't go viral. And it's like, there's probably a a lot of things that also could have contributed to that. You know, like it's not just posting a video and just like, yep, that's it. Like there are algorithms and there's all these different things that count. But like as content creators, is that something y'all are thinking about? Is that something you care about? Like when you're prepping in advance or when you're editing and putting these videos together Or is this just like, if it happens, cool. If not, whatever. Like, how do y'all take that? I have seen the effects of what happens when someone's content goes viral and what it brings in. Trolls. Um, But I know some people, (laughs) some people, that is their end goal for myself personally. The goal isn't to necessarily go viral. It'll be nice. But I think the goal should be in my opinion, to capture the memories. If you happen to go viral because, you know, it was just that good, that's awesome. If it doesn't, it's not like you didn't fail or you shouldn't You shouldn't think, oh, I shouldn't have posted this or I should have better timed this for that. Like, no, it's... I know that for a lot of people, their wedding is a production and so they are getting certain things because they do want to go viral. I have not had that experience with someone who's goal is to go viral so I think I myself also do not prioritize that because again it's about for me the quality overall and not so much like we're doing this for views because some of the stuff for views be a little disturbing um but I I'm like oh we we could have left this in the drafts really it didn't have to go to the draft it should it might have just needed to stay on your phone (laughs) um but no I think it should just, to me personally, it's about it being quality and about you treasuring those things. And, you know, people who are following along, like enjoying it, being cute, not so much like I want this to blow up. Like if it's like that good, again, if it's that good and it does, like great. But then, you know, you got to prepare, have them sisters in place just in case folks knocking down your door to get you too because they also want to viral. But then it's also the pressure to like consistently do that. 
And we all know these algorithms be algorithming and doing their own thing. So right. there's no like formula. Even people who have like super large followings, all their reels don't go viral. All their TikToks don't go viral. You are at the mercy of the algorithm. And so I feel for me, it's a little dangerous to make that like a selling point possibly because then people are going to expect it because then if they don't like oh hold on i want the money back it's like wait hold on now the work was the work was done <laughs> so i don't necessarily <laughs> focus on going viral but more so giving you the quality things that you've asked for mm-hmm. um i completely agree I, I i think going viral is a good selling point um to show a couple that you have that your work is beautiful and it's well done and this is why you should hire because this is what could happen. But like Chris said, that can be um, that could be a selling point that you just might not be able to sell just because we are at the mercy of the algorithm. I think to me, it's more important to have a beautiful, very well thought out content that is specific to the couple because it will um, it's it's meaningful. They want to see it. And honestly, they're going to probably watch it a million times. And you know what I mean? Like, and they're going to share it a million times. And that doesn't necessarily say that means it's going viral, but it definitely is a a meaningful experience to be able to see something that you really enjoy watching over and over again. And nobody's really looking at the numbers in that, you know, in that way, because they're happy with the final product. That's good to know. Um, I think those that have like also been on these apps for such a considerable amount of time, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or whatever app it is, like you already know how it is. Like, you know that some stuff slaps and some just doesn't. And you don't know why. Like, there's some things where you're like, okay, this might be the one. And sometimes it is. And sometimes... (laughs) Sometimes it's not, it's very much not. Right. Right. And it's just like, so I'm glad that that's not like something y'all are, I want to say like factoring Like that's not, that's a, that's a, a cool benefit if it does, but it's not what we're aiming for. Um, because I could, mm-hmm. you feel pressure. Right. Like you're talking about imposter syndrome thinking like, oh, well, should I have even hire this person did I even need to make these at all mm-hmm. instead of you just enjoying yourself and having fun knowing that you got some really cute TikToks or some really good video to post to share and then you don't want to put a damper unnecessarily on that because like it was your big day like you are happy looking at these things mm-hmm. and don't feel sad because like 10,000 people didn't see it or like it like that it was your day and as long as you are happy with it I think that should take precedent over um whether or not it went viral like you know if if michelle obama see it cool but she's not you know (laughs) your grandma saw it she's happy with that so that's that's (laughs) viral looks so different in so many different ways like it could be a really Mm -hmm. quaint like you know wedding with just baby's breath and candles and it could be really intimate and it's the perfect song and it's the perfect lighting and that could go viral or it could be a very glam, expensive wedding, and I've gotten all of these looks and all of these shots, and that's what makes it go viral. I really, there's just no rule. Um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, indicate how much money you spent on the service or how much money you spent on the actual wedding. Um, so it's 
it's really unpredictable. So I think it's just important to get the footage because you want the memories, not because you want to be on Good Morning America. That's the thing, because even like just thinking about all the the weddings that went viral last year and by viral, I mean, like be on social media and then made it to the morning news shows or whatever, like the girl that got married on the side of the road. I know she says it's a park girl. Mm -hmm. It looked like it was the side of the road or whatever. That went viral and, and the whole, like, we're not making our folks pay for the food at the reception or whatever. We like that went viral for so many reasons, but it wasn't really the sweetness of it. Mm -hmm. It was because you did all these things that are contradictory to what we know, but also the mom, we know the mom and the son where they did the covet challenge. Like, right. The mom that had the weird arms. <laughs> these things go viral, but it's not necessarily for the sweet romantic reason. So it, right. Um, it's like to make fun of you. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, like there was something about your wedding that wasn't, it was different, not always in a good way. And though some like for the wedding that was at the national park on the side of the room, but that one for the brides that are working with you, what helps, like what information, what should they know coming into those meetings or coming into those conversations or even a, ahead of their wedding day? Like what should they do to prep, whether it's like just themselves so that they put y'all like in the best place for success? Like everybody is getting what they want out of this at the end of the day, but we're coming at our best selves. It's really important to have your expectations laid out like here's my bottom line of what I'm expecting what I want and I'm able to let you know whether I can or cannot meet those expectations um coming in maybe knowing hey these are the TikToks that are most important to me or here's the content that's most important to me so that I'm able to prioritize your day better so that way if something's running behind or over I know where to shuffle myself if you're like I don't really want you know too much of my cocktail hour I'd rather you be there for portraits and vice versa, I need to know those details. It's almost the same as what I would need to know for like your wedding as the photographer. Um, and I need to know the important people if you want them saying certain things on camera, almost like um, office style interviews a little bit, like, you know, having them talk or ask them questions, just overall what you want it to feel like. That helps me have a game plan on what I need to do so it can be organized. So that way it's not like, oh, I didn't see footage of like, you know, my grandma dancing and I'm like, oh wait, I didn't even know you had a grandma. I'm kidding. But just the overall expectation of like, Hey, these are like my most important things. And then if we can get all these things, here's some, like, some extra on the side. Um, and then making sure I know the vendors who will be court anyway. So that way, if I need to reach out or we know who's making the timeline so that we can make sure your day is running as close schedule as possible and that we all know how to allocate ourselves appropriately. And because I do want to make sure I tag people um, or possibly pass on information to them following that. But I think it's coming in with a game plan of an idea of what you may or may not want. Because it's about what you want. You don't really have to think about anybody else and what they, like their opinion on it. I think that's kind of like the beauty in like wedding content creation. It's not like anything else where you have to consider others necessarily because it's coming straight to your phone. This is not going to anyone else. You don't have to feel obligated to share 
So just figuring out what you actually want, how you want it to be shared mm-hmm. and put together is I think the best way um, to go in for a meeting. Uh, that was really well put. And I, I, some of the things that I will say, like those little small details. So I'm probably going to be asking questions that you don't think is relevant. Um, so when I was bridal styling, uh, I used to always ask, so when did you get engaged? So I created a timeline and also unrelated to content creation, but you'd be surprised how many girls and women come in not engaged, wanting to try on wedding dresses. It is astronomical. I've had people say, oh, well, I'm not engaged yet. But yeah, so I will always ask like, hey, you know, when did you get engaged? How did y'all meet? How did you know you were in love with him? Those are questions that I like to get because based off their response, I can really get a feel for um, like their love story. Uh, Chris, one of the things you, you said in your intro, I love you. Like I specialize in true love or like real romance. And I, it's, it's so important. Um, I don't usually see people or I bridal style, bridal styling. You don't see people in the, that romance part. Sometimes couples do come, but it's really few and far in between. But with content creation, you really, uh, it depends on who wants, you know, to be recorded. But I think it's something really, really special to be able to hear what they're saying and get content based off of like the things they like. Um, you, I ask like, do you guys have a song? Um, so this last wedding I just did, um, the bride was in the background dancing. Like she was, I don't know, she was taking pictures or something. And the groom was in front of her. And he's like, baby, I love you. We locked in. And I'm switching up. And like, she's in the back just dancing. And he is just like, I love you. I love you. Like he's just singing her praises. And I think it was, I was able to surprise her with that. She didn't know it was happening. We didn't talk about it in the content list, but it was available in her package to like have, you know, another something quick, less than 30 seconds. Um, it allows for, you know, an extra reel. But it, I think if I can get a feel for who you are, then I can pretty much do the rest as long as you're honest. And, and it's just as long as you, like you said, you, you, you have the expectation. And also like to set up for success is like, like we talked about before, letting vendors know, letting your people know, letting your event planner know, hey, this, you know, we need to schedule in time for the content creator. Because once that happens, it really does go smoothly because people just are, are prepared for you. People are ready to, they want to be on the gram. They want to be on TikTok. They want to do all the things. So if you, if they're prepared for that, um, you really can't lose because I'm like, I'm going to always get more than enough content. I'm going to get way too much. So I can piece things together and make something and create something from, you know, but it's really a matter of, um, you have to let me know. So I'm always asking about songs, asking about their love story, asking about um, just those little minute details that people don't necessarily consider. Those really help me figure out. Like when I spoke about earlier, like, oh, I would get the pastor if, you know, she's more of a spiritual bride. Um, so I would pick very specific songs to that. So even if she doesn't have a song in mind, based off of what she's told me, I can pick songs based off of that. Um, and that's, you know, that's just a part of the wedding content playlist. If I have, you know, if she's like fun and she likes to drink and like, um, oh, we're going to get happy hour. We're going to get cocktail hour and we're going to do all of the things like, and I might have like a time lapse sitting at the bar at, you know, cocktail hour. And you're just going to see people come up and 
like in a good mood. And you, you know what I mean? Like there's so many different ways that you can just give the content you need, but you just have to ask those questions. And that's, that's a really big part of my job. Like my job starts way before I press record. That makes sense. So that made me think of one quick question for both of y'all. Do they have to feed y'all? Cause you know, some of these girls do not like feeding their vendors. And so if y'all are there, like. If you don't want yes. me creating content abuse stuff in your mouth, then feed me. Yes, you have to feed me. Yes, please. I don't want to fall out because I've probably been there just as long as uh, any other of the vendors who are doing the creative work. Mm -hmm. Please give me a snack or two, but no, really, no, a, a regular meal. Um, <laughs> a grown meal. <laughs> listen, you think about holding the phone, you're either on, in your hand or on a tripod or whatever else, but when you're doing the content creation, you're not just doing that. You're, you're doing so much more than just getting video. You're probably rearranging details over here or fixing something over here, adjusting people as, you know, in between mm -hmm. takes of photos, making sure people's hair are in place, that their dress is pulled down a certain way, or there's not stuff in the way. Like think content creator slash assistant almost because you're doing a lot, but again, it's in like, service for the day because I would hate to try to get a good shot and I can see that there's like something in the back that's obstructing the view mm -hmm. of myself and the photographer and the videographer like you know 90% of the job is moving uh, furniture so we're just getting stuff out the way mm -hmm. clearing things being helpful where you can mm -hmm. be because you are not you're a close vendor with them for the day because you are getting so much of that yeah. um, those raw memories and so it's not the same as someone who maybe is more hands-off is dropping off a product for the day. You are there with them yeah. pretty much the whole time. So it's a lot. Please hear me. Yes. Um, I will say I'm vegan. So unless there's specifically a vegan meal, I'm usually prepared in that, you know, arena just because I have to be. And also, like I, like I mentioned, like unplug wedding, if especially if I don't know the bride or whatever, I could probably spend that time kind of prepping and getting ready during the ceremony, especially if it's unplugged and then show up at cocktail hour ready to go, like good as gold, like doing all of the things. Mm. It really just depends on availability and like, you know, things like that. Because if I spent all of all of her, like getting ready time and prep time with her making content, um, that's usually when people are getting ready for the wedding. I would need to be getting dressed, like wedding dressed, whether that's formal or semi-formal or cocktail. I still need to be in that capacity because I'm a guest and I'm, it's coming from a guest point of view. So I usually spend that time during the ceremony if it's warranted. I usually like to have, because, and you were mentioning like all the things that you're doing. Um, a big part of, for me, part of the job is talking with other people, getting comfortable with other guests at the wedding because I want them on camera and I want them to feel comfortable and safe on camera. I want them to give me their real reactions. I'm um, also, because I'm more than likely by myself, kind of really breaking that barrier allows for me to like get to know people and, you know, they may get some content that I might've missed. You know what I mean? So it really is just like, and they can say, Oh, you should meet them, get some video of them, like tell them to come over and things like that. So um, that's a huge part of the job for me, but it really just depends on um, if I'm well fed, I'll do a better job. But I understand. <laughs> but I do understand. Don't we all? Don't we all operate better when mm -hmm. our bellies are full? Yes. I think exactly. mm -hmm. 
But yeah, um, if, if there's vegan options, I want to. Oh, that was perfect. Okay. So my final question, what are any parting thoughts or words that you would leave, whether it's a bride listening to this episode that's considering these services or a vendor that's listening because they want to learn more about this new wedding trend, you know, like what would you just say, like, what are your, what are your parting words? Or if anything, what advice would you give? My advice to the vendors is to learn to adapt. No one's asking you to be, you know, creating whole cinematic movies, but get comfortable getting a little bit of BTS on your phone. Do it at your next session. Get comfortable because you don't realize how much your clients could appreciate Mm -hmm. um, that extra footage from you. And to the brides who are considering having the wedding content creator, if it's something you want and it's in your budget, it's okay to get it. You don't have to justify it to people. Mm-hmm. But also, if you're on TikTok and you're wondering, can you squeeze it in your budget, but you're feeling pressured, let it be your decision. If you don't want to have that, you're not missing out. Like, because people at your wedding who are there to love you are going to probably have things on their phone they can share with mm-hmm. you until you get your photo and video back. Like, don't if, don't stretch to that budget more than you can, baby. It's okay. Yeah. But if you can, if there's something that you really, really see yourself prioritizing, get it and don't care what anybody else has to say about it. So for content creation, um, I know that Chris is saying it's people are charging out of the wazoo for content creation, especially instead of videography. Maybe I should up my prices, but um, but also really do the work to figure out if the person can create the content that you so desire. I was kind of like scoping out competition on TikTok because I'm I'm bigger on Instagram. Um, it's something I'm more comfortable with. TikTok is very addictive, so I don't spend as much time on there. I can create all of the reels and do all of the postings and send all of them to the brides. Um, but when I go on there, TikTok tells me to go to bed. So I was like, I got to stop doing this. But I will say that when I was looking, doing some just research and just kind of, you know, market research and figuring out, okay, content creation, content creation for Black women, Black women content creators. Um, I saw someone specifically and I just was like, oh, this is cute. And not even shading at all, but it was just like, there was so, and I, ever since I was little, I've easily been the most creative person in the room. Um, and I just looked, I looked at her stuff and I was like, oh, I would do this differently. I would do this differently. And the thing is somebody very well may love the way she does that. And that may work and that may be perfect. And somebody may not like, you know, how I, do certain things. And that's why I really try to get a wide range of different type of brides, different type of weddings, different type of settings, because it really can showcase uh, the range of my work. But if you do the research, you will, you'll recognize that it's worth it. I mean, that's really important um, because you don't want to half-ass it just like, you're just picking anyone and then you're like, oh, okay. You know, I would do that differently, but whatever. Um, So do the research. And also my advice, get your dress tailored, please. Please, please, please. Um, And just when it comes to content creation, it's or videography or photography, you can tell when it doesn't fit. It's been a lot of years in bridal. And we choose to, well, not we, not me, uh, but some people choose not to, uh, to spend the money on alterations. And it's really important that you do. 
It's really, really important. And also bustle your gown, please, ladies. This, what goes around the wrist is not a, that is not a, that's not a thing. That's for the hanger. Oh my god. That's for the hanger, ladies. Just, that's my advice. And if you've done it, it's okay. Wedding pictures last forever, but it's okay. But. And get the French bustle. Well, it depends on the fabric. It only depends, that depends on the fabric. Yes. (laughs) That is, that is my, as a profession, as a, Bridal professional, that is my advice. Uh, out here not doing alterations. Is that what you're telling me? And you can. These grooms aren't either, and I hate to see the baggy slacks and it bunching by the shoe. Like that, that triggers me. Or they're showing their ankles, and you see the whole ankle and a piece of the the calf. Now you and you didn't lotion. And I'm sorry to guess all that at the very end, ladies, but. I had to say something. This is my. I didn't know that was a thing. Right, and I'll say even for me, like I between my final alteration and the wedding, I lost a little bit more weight. So my second dress felt like in the middle, it was a little like I could I I see it in the pictures, but I had my dress altered. You know, like. You can tell. I've I've seen dresses or the girls like post pictures and their sweetheart neckline, and there's so much space between the sweetheart and their chest. And I'm just like, who was the seamstress? I just want to talk because it shouldn't be this huge gap between your chest and the fabric. Please get the bustle, like she was saying. Please, the wristlet is not. Mm -mm. I don't care what they tell you. This see, this looks back to what again. This is why I'm not. Fussing with the girls on TikTok, but I'm fussing with the girls on TikTok because they're giving their perspective. Oh, I think it's gonna be fine. Go back and look at her. Go back and look before you believe that right. person because they're gonna have you out here looking crazy. Mm-hmm. It's four hundred dollars for alterations, but it's four hundred dollars you need. Please factor that mm-hmm. into the cost when you say you want a fifteen hundred dollar dress. That means you want a thousand dollar dress mm-hmm. so you can afford the four hundred dollar alterations because okay. alterations aren't cheap. Standard. alterations aren't cheap and that's just getting the like standard alterations yeah. maybe maybe it's like 200 maybe whatever but say it's you want sleeves or say you want beating or you want you want to you you, you want you zhuzhin up but you know you want faux buttons all the way down the train of the dress yeah they usually charge about a dollar a button and and, and imagine- maybe like a hundred buttons or if you have a very intricate dress, like a whole bunch of lace and beading and stuff on there, they have to be extra careful. So it probably might cost, they might have to outsource that to somebody else who they know does like, that's not the typical, what happened to an expert bridal tailor. Also my advice, and I, we're sorry talking about, actually, if you need somebody to talk about dresses, I can come back, I promise. But <laughs> this, um, what happens is go, going to your favorite tailor um, that you trust to do your jeans is not the tailor you want to go to to do your gown. Um, mm-hmm. It just doesn't work like that. Um, you really need to go to an expert who really knows what they're doing um, because it's it's a very delicate process and it's going to cost. So it's like like you know put that in the budget. So it's like when you're thinking about budget and you think about things that have to go. Honestly, I would prefer you to get your dress tailored perfectly than to have content creation services, if it's gonna be one or the other. There's a million things that you can take off the list, but if you're, to get your dress to look good, cause like you said, Chris, like there's gonna be a million people, you know, recording. 
there's not going to be somebody creatively recording, putting it together, you know, putting their judge on it like I can, but somebody will get it as long as you can. Ask your teenage cousin who on TikTok because them kids, (laughs) they (laughs) might get you. Like I have some cousins who my teenage cousin might be like, so baby, um, you going to come do some work because I need <laughs> I need some beauty <laughs> this wedding can you come around for uh follow me around to some of these weddings and come get some work for me because but again if you can't afford the content creator it's okay it maybe not make it a bridesmaid but a younger person mm-hmm. who they they know all about the little TikTok they'll do it and they'll get you right yeah. I was a bridesmaid but get that once me too it was fun I enjoyed it I did it for Tania's wedding. She did it for me too. Oh, that's sweet. Let's move into the vendor love um, section. So every week, just about every week, we show love to our favorite vendors, whether it's someone we've worked with before, someone we've admired from afar. And we just want to give them their roses and their flowers while we can. Um, and what we're learning and we learn all the time, these shout outs go a long way. We've had our listeners come back to us and say, I found my planner because so-and-so shouted her out on an episode or I found my hairstylist. So, you know, things like that Mm -hmm. mean a lot. And word of mouth is such a huge, huge referral for vendors. So who would y'all like to shout out? Chris, we're going to start out with you. I would like to shout out Avenay Photography. She is a destination web photographer based in North Carolina. I'm very much obsessed with her work. She has a variety of couples on her page. Every single couple is photographed beautifully. Like, I'm obsessed. I double tap everything. I'm sure she's like, please stop harassing my page. (laughs) Love the work. So if you're looking for her as a photographer she does travel but if you're in North Carolina she's got you and her Instagram is Avene Photography and that's spelled A-V-O-N-N-E Photography. I actually have two so I'll come quick I promise. So this is a makeup artist her name is Elena Salisbury. Um, She's located out of Houston, Texas. She is a perfectionist and she is going to get the look. She's going to get the bridal look. And actually right now she's doing a bridal makeup series and it's a lot of women of color in there and it's so beautiful. Um, Her Instagram is color du jour. So C-O-L-O-R-D-U-J-O-U-R. She is a phenomenal makeup artist. I was with my best friend when she did her trial. I mean, she she gets the looks down and she's so patient. She's so calming and she just knows what she's doing. Um, and it's a beautiful experience. And she's just there the entire day, just touching up, making sure that the bride looks perfect. And it it is really good to see. Um, and her bridal series is stunning. I think it's definitely worth checking out just to see what kind of look and what kind of bride you are in regard to makeup. Um, she can help you reference that. And then also, actually, it's so funny. I've been waiting to say this. Um, you know, my sister, her name is Lacey from 730 back in the day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I follow Lacey on Twitter. Like, wasn't her birthday just like a week or so it ago? Was December, but it was... Um, Okay. Okay. I felt like it was recent. Oh my God. I was like, yeah, I'm doing you. I do. She's like, what? She's like, I know her. And I I remember being in like 
seen her in high school in 730, so I thought this was wild. But that I her is. a shout out. Um, she is a sensual selfie coach show, um, and she does bachelorette parties. Um, so if you are a bride and you are looking for um, a really cool opportunity to get some so it's, it's, it's way more intimate than a boudoir photo shoot. It's like, think about, it's, it's still, it's in a in way a content creation and my sister and I work together in a lot of different ways in this capacity, but think about being able to send your man some really sexy photos, but like my sister's teaching you how to do it. She's like coaching mm. you through that process, um, making you feel good, making you feel sexy, making you feel really um, confident about um, the pictures you're about to take so you can send to your partner and feel really good about um, what you're about to send. And so she does bachelorette parties and they're so much fun. I don't know if you remember back in like, you know, probably like 15 years ago, people were doing like passion parties. Um, mm-hmm. It's the similar idea, but way more fun, way less silicone and way more kind of just like you get more out of it in terms of like, you know, it's like a confident boost. Like it's, it really does make you, you leave feeling good and like sending your boost and pictures. And you, you know what I mean? You just have like a, an air of sexiness about you. And I think that's a part of, that's a really fun part about bachelorette parties. So I would love to shout out my sister. Her Instagram is Lacey Love, L-A-Y-C-I-L-O-V-E. Um, and she really specializes in that. And she does a wonderful, amazing, beautiful job. And, um, yeah, you guys should look into it. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? This week, I am shouting out an event space based in Birmingham, Alabama called Aesthetic Beham. This event space was launched by a couple, Dantes and Jamie Hurd. And it is a beautiful space for intimate events, whether it's your bridal shower, you're having a smaller wedding, an engagement party, a birthday party, you know what I mean. Or if you are looking for kind of a studio space, maybe for some photography, or maybe you have your own podcast or something where you need a space to be able to shoot and film. So I would highly suggest looking up Aesthetic Beham. The space is also really beautiful. They allow you to bring in whatever whatever vendors you like. So yes, I highly suggest you check them out. You can find them on Instagram at at A-S-T-H-E-T-I-K-B-H-A-M and go to their website, aestheticbham.com. And yeah, who are you shouting out this week, Tania? So this week I'm shouting out the Luxmar Grand Estate. This is owned by a black woman, y'all, a black woman. Her name is Tamiel Coart. She is the owner of a beautiful home, but turned into an event space. This estate is located on a lakefront property, and it sits on about five acres of land with gated access. The Luxmore Grand Estate can accommodate up to 200 guests. Um, and so if this fits your aesthetic, please look them up. Again, this is located in Winter Springs, Florida. And again, it is owned by a black woman by the name of Tamiel Coart. You can find more information about this estate on rw-brands.com slash Luxmore. And that's spelled L-U-X-M-O-R-E. Or you can go on their Instagram at Luxmore Grand. And that's L-U-X. 
M-O-R-E-G-R-A-N-D-E. Again, Luxmore Estate Grand, your breath will be taken away. It's just how beautiful this is. Yeah, I just pulled it up. I see it's like almost 21,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of space to do a lot of wedding. I like that. Because you probably don't have to room flip in a space like that. Now, I mm -mm. could be wrong, but... I mean, That's it looks space. like you could even get married on the lawn and yeah. they have like, so yeah, they have string lights outside. Um, and so when the sun starts to go down, I feel like it's just so beautiful. And I just love the fact that it's owned by a black woman. Like, yeah. You do not find this in many places. At all. Especially in Florida. Yeah. Atlanta, you know, you have a lot of black excellence here. There's a lot of black people just in general that are doing huge things. But, you know, in other states, you don't really see that as much. And so I'm just so happy for her. Um, I think she has two properties. And so definitely look her up. Look at the brands. Support, support, support. Where can people find y'all if they want to know more, if they want to inquire about your services, if they just want to follow you to see all the wonderful wedding work that y'all do? Plug any and everything. You can find me on Instagram at captured by underscore Chris. You can find me on TikTok, captured by Chris. And my website is capturedbychris.com. I love it. So easy. So simple because mine is not. Um, my Instagram is soul flower queen, like soul, like Aretha Franklin flower, like wedding flowers and queen like me. So that's my personal one. Also, I do like to collaborate when I post reels with the brides and the groom, um, because it allows for people to see exactly who I am, but it still shows up on the couple's page. It still is really organized. I still get all of um, the insights from it. So again, Soulflower Queen for my Instagram and my TikTok is the event babe. And then my email is the babe.events at gmail.com. The business itself is babe events. Um, so I would love to streamline and really, you know, have a through line where it's all the same, but I am not quite there yet. So please bear with me. Um, but the services and the quality is there. I love the content from uh, the wedding you shot, um, which was so funny because I don't even know how I ended up on Ashley's page. And so I'm looking at like, I saw a video and I was just like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh yeah, let me go back to like, this was the next day. Then I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to like go and like make sure I've, um, you know, like, cause usually before guests come on, I like to like go look at their Instagram, just make sure like I'm up to, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> cause it was the same video. And I didn't realize it was a collaborative video, but I was just like, oh, look at how small this world is. Cause I don't even know how I came across Ashley. Maybe it was football related mm -hmm. because of, you know, her work with the dolphins. But I was just like, look at this. I want y'all to go to find.huidu.com and look at our vendor list. Everyone that we've shouted out for the entire three plus years that we've been on air, everything's there. Yes. And not only are all of the vendors we've ever shouted out are on there, all of the wedding vendors we've had on as guests are on there as well. So you can find more information about them 
and their lovely vendor services on find.huido.com. And don't forget to leave us a review, follow us on social, you know, we're Hue I Do Wed everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I'm sure I'm missing one, but basically if you're there, we're there.